Welcome to the Hello Retirement Podcast with Josh Leonard from Leonard Advisory Group. In this podcast, we help those nearing retirement greet it with a well-prepared smile. Join Josh and his guests to learn the retirement and tax planning tips you need so you too can live your golden years with the happiness and excitement you deserve. Hear stories from his years of experience to help you transition into a fun and intentional retirement. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Hello Retirement with your host, Josh Leonard, where we talk about transitioning into retirement with intent. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hello there, Josh. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you today, Wendy? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Now it's the start of a new year. Yeah. And are you one of those resolutioners, as they're called, when you just make a bunch of resolutions and then by March you're off the wagon? I like to think that I'm not off the wagon, but I do like setting goals. And I think New Year's, although most Americans fail at their goals, I think by the end of the month, failure rates are quite high. I think it is a good time to to refocus. And for me, it's always nice because around the holidays, We have a little bit more time off of work and maybe some more time to reflect on our lives. So January 1st always is what I would call a fresh start. You know, if you started a new school or start a new job, maybe you could change some of those habits or things about yourself that you didn't like in the past. So I view each new year as a fresh start. Now, if you're having a really rough year, Wendy, you can certainly create your own fresh start at the beginning of any month or new season. You can create those dates as well. But I think we all focus a lot on the new year, the new me. Um, Wendy, are you a big goal setter? I set a lot of goals. Achieving them, that is a completely different story. Fair enough. So what, what do you see as your failures in achieving those goals? Is it typically just you lose track of it or expectations were too high. I typically just don't get into the right habits. Okay. Something that I start and I'm like all gung ho. And then I just get tired of doing it. Fair enough. Carry on that. I think one of my almost comedic failures for last year is I committed to the Twin Cities Marathon and posted it on Facebook. I was super proud to be doing it. And my mom texts me few minutes after my Facebook posting and said, you may want to take that down, Josh. That's the date of your sister's wedding. You're not going. She wouldn't understand. Yeah, no, I don't think she would. And trying to coordinate a marathon, several hours of flight and traveling away just isn't a good idea on a wedding weekend anyways. No, likely not. So let's talk about this year. Are you setting some goals for this year? Sure. Overly aspirational for this year, Wendy. I'm hoping to exercise more regularly, eat healthier, read more, and save more money for our short-term goals. I'm a little less worried about retirement planning. You know, with two kiddos in the house, we got a lot of short-term goals. So we want to be able to fund those a little bit more, build up the short-term savings account a little bit more. So when you say that you want to exercise regularly, eat healthier, is that something that you're not doing as well as you had hoped to this year? Yeah, Yeah, I would like to do more. So as I've shared on previous podcasts, I am going to be completing the Steelhead uh, Half Iron Man here in June. So for me, exercising regularly by having a clear goal like that of completing the Steelhead makes me 
develop the proper framework to achieve that goal. So one of the things that we'll talk through today, Wendy, is the SMART framework, a framework to help us achieve our goals and stay on track. All right, let's talk more about that. Let's jump into it. This was developed by George Duran back in 1981. Although different iterations of this framework have been around and different people claim credit for it, but the SMART framework is an acronym for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant, and Time-Bound. So when we look at setting goals, we want them to be specific. So the who, what, when, where, and why. If I'm looking at completing the steelhead, you know what? I got that date written on my calendar. I got it written on a blackboard right here off the side. So I look at it every single day as I come into the office. Wow. And that is June 25th of 2023. So I know that date and uh, hopefully no one else gets married on that date because then I'm in big trouble. Are you sure (laughs) that there's not something else going on that day? I I do have a friend's wedding uh, shortly after that on July 1st, but I got more than enough time. Okay, okay, good. So that's the specific. You know, if we're talking about a short term savings goal, too. Maybe that's to plan a vacation for 2024 so we can make it a specific goal by saying, okay, I'm guessing this vacation is going to cost blank amount of money. That's what I need to save, right? The next, the measurable in that savings goal, well, how can I measure it? I can track it if I'm trying to save blank amount of money over the next 12 months. Well, let's do something simple and hit divide by 12. And make sure each and every month we're tracking towards that goal. Okay. Um, so whatever it is, in a, when I look at my steelhead training, the measurable piece is going to be, am I sticking with my training plan? So am I achieving those training milestones and goals along the way? I cannot expect myself to just wake up on June 25th and all of a sudden feel comfortable to run a half marathon, bike 56 miles and swim 1.2 miles. That's not just going to magically happen. It's 70.3 miles all together. Yeah, it's a little little bit of a physical challenge, right? Well, and so, that's really kind of the a great time to talk about. Is it achievable? You know, yeah. some people will overshoot. And that's what you mean by achievable, right? Absolutely. And I think to me, one of the benefits of of these sort of endurance sports or challenges is that it helps me feel that more things are achievable. Our bodies are very dynamic. When we had Al Miller on the podcast talking about riding his bike across the U.S., that's what he said. Hey, your body adapts, but we have to give it time to adapt as well. So To me, I very much feel that it's achievable. I'm sure you and many other people listening to this podcast might say, no, that's not achievable for me. And that's fine. But to me, it's something that is achievable as long as I'm taking the appropriate steps to get to my end goal. So don't overshoot is basically the achievable part of it. Don't overshoot, but I would say let's still be aspirational. So let's not limit ourselves too much as well. Okay, so this time next year, it's going to be a full Ironman. Oh, maybe, maybe. I do have a long term goal of by 2020, by the end of 2025 to get to that point. That does not seem achievable right now, Wendy. But (laughs) once I do the half, then it might be more achievable. We're taking incremental steps to possibly a larger goal. More power to you, mister. (laughs) I will uh, cheer you from the sidelines. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's talk about the R, which means relevant. Yeah. So 
for me, exercising and staying healthy is relevant to my life. For one, I want to set a good example for my boys. Having two young boys, I want to show them that, hey, you know, your dad that's older than you is still taking care of himself, as you should too throughout life. I think also by setting big goals that seem difficult or seem very hard for me to do, my kids are seeing me go through having really sore legs, hobbling down the steps, but also overcoming that. So I think it's a great example to show our boys. Also for me, it's a good way to stay balanced. It's a relevant way for me to decompress by exercising and exerting physical energy rather than maybe falling into bad habits like late night eating or those kind of things. Oh, that's my favorite though. Me too. Me too. I'm very guilty of that. <laughs> but if I know that I need to wake up early the next morning to go for a long run, a bag of chips just doesn't quite taste the same. Yeah, that's true. And then you usually still feel it in the morning, right? That's right. That's right. Yes. The T then in SMART goals. Yeah. So this is time bound. So again, having a specific date or deadline to accomplish the goal. So I'm going to go back to my goal of reading more. When I think about this goal of reading more, well, that's pretty vague, right? Does that mean I read one sentence more than I was on average last year? Well, to not. me, <laughs> so one sentence more achieved. I'm done. That's easy. <laughs> to me, that means trying to read two books each and every month. So my incremental step is each and every month. Am I bound to that time? So can I stick with that? As I look over time, I can say, okay, well, we're halfway through the month. Did I finish one book or am I halfway through my goal for the month? So it helps create a sense of urgency and helps us stay committed to the goal. So I'm a voracious reader and I'm just curious, is there a certain type of book that you're looking to read throughout the year? Is it like business books? Is yeah. it? Yeah, I'm, I'm a dork. It's all like business or self-development, self-improvement. I'm fiction. I don't know. I guess I'll just watch a movie. I've never been able to get deeply into fiction. Yana, my wife, is on the opposite side of the fence. She can just go into one of those page turners and knock it out like it's nothing. Yeah. Um, for me, I don't know. Just has never caught my interest the same. But I also find that Reading helps me focus a little bit more. Reading a physical book, if I'm looking at the computer, maybe reading articles, I tend to get distracted more. Or all those little ads that are strategically placed there help distract you over time. So there's something about the old printed books that I still like. That's good. There's something about just holding a book that's really nice. Yep. Yeah, I know. Certainly many people have success with Kindles or other electronic reading devices. And that's great for me. I prefer that physical book. I do love my Kindle, but I also love a good old fashioned book. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. So we have defined our smart goals. How do we make it stick? What is it that we need to do, Josh? That's right. So I think by setting up that smart framework, we're on a good path to staying accountable. I think another thing that we can do is we can find an accountability partner, right? So Wendy, you and I are talking about every other week. So if I suddenly stop talking about the Iron Man or note that I haven't read much, you would potentially keep me accountable there. Do you want me to do that? Because I yeah, I you can hold me it. accountable. Spouses are also really good for that, too. They'll say, I thought you were doing this right. Finding someone to help you 
stay on your goal and then also celebrate that success with you once you do accomplish the goal. Have you used um, accountability partners in the past? Do you find that it's very helpful? I do personally. Yeah. And I think also by putting things out publicly. So whether it's through a podcast or on social media, that also creates maybe not a direct accountability partner, but that social accountability, which I think helps you stay on track as well. Okay. What else can we do? We can use cash commitment devices. So this is a real financial one. You could tell your best friend or partner that you'll give them a significant amount of money if you don't achieve your goal. So we could say, hey, you know what? If I don't read two books a month, I'm going to do blank. And I think one of my favorite ones that I've heard is donating money to a political candidate that you don't like. So This is not a discussion about politics, Wendy, but certainly politics are extremely divided right now. That would really fuel me. (laughs) That's right. So maybe even more than just that financial loss. So if you say, hey, for every book I don't read, I'm donating $100 to this political candidate or their PAC or whatever to a cause that I don't believe in, that might even hold you more accountable than the loss of money itself. I like that. I like that a lot. So we'll talk through your goals off air then, Wendy. (laughs) (laughs) We'll make some commitments there. My my lips are sealed. (laughs) So we also need to keep in mind that this is not about being perfect. That's right. That's right. Um, I think in looking at moving through, the persistence is more important than perfection. This morning to me was a prime example I woke up at five o'clock in the morning to get my bike training ride in before the day started. And well, my youngest son, Isaac, woke up early too. I had to get him settled into breakfast, help him get dressed and help him get his day started before I could go hide in the basement and do some of my training. So my training was cut a little bit short today. But instead of completely quitting on the training, I still got some of it in. And knowing that I'm sticking with the schedule, albeit not perfect sometimes, I still believe that I'll be able to achieve my goal rather than just saying, oh, man, something changed. I'm giving up on the goal completely for the day. Hey, you can just blame it on your son. It's okay. I do it. Yeah, but blaming (laughs) on my son will not get me to the finish line. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So that is a very good point. And, you know, and that's really what happens with a lot of people when they have obstacles in their way. It's a chance at an excuse that they've been looking for to give up. So some of the things that I've been taught throughout the years is to predict what obstacles may present itself. That way you can plan for how you overcome them. I like that. I like that. We often say in regards to financial markets and stuff, everyone's worried about the stock market. Many times the biggest risk is the one that we can't predict, right? So Somebody might say, oh, the market might pull back this, that, and the other. Many times what gets people most off of their financial planning is something that they never expected. Some sort of catastrophe, and we don't need to list off a bunch of negative things today, but we've all seen that maybe with family members, hopefully not for us individually, but it's those risks that we can't see that often hurt us the most. I think recent times we could look at COVID. Nobody thought COVID was going to happen all of a sudden. We could find all these other issues that we had to be worried about. But a global pandemic was not on the top of the list at the time. 
No. So probably one of the most important things when trying to achieve your goals throughout a new year is making it fun. Don't you think that maybe that is the one of the most important things? I absolutely think making it fun is part of it. And in Katie Melkman's book, How to Change, she talks about temptation bundling. And one of the things she did when she was in graduate school and wanted to exercise more, she wanted to be spending more time at the gym. But similar to my wife, she really liked those fiction novels, those mm. page turners, maybe very dramatic. So she would find herself decompressing after a long day by reading those instead of going to the gym. So she said, okay, now I can only read these books or listen to an audiobook while at the gym. So by putting that pleasure or that temptation that she has, pairing with a goal that she wants, she was able to regularly exercise. In fact, she notes in her book that she started looking forward to exercising more. It wasn't such a drag on her. Of course, self-control is important here. So if you start cheating and saying, well, I'm just going to read a few pages more at home or something like that, we can take away. But temptation bundling is a great way to pair something that we really, really want to do, a goal with something that we find very pleasurable to do. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know if I would be able to not pick up the book in between. So leave it at the gym. <gasps> so we can use tools like this where we make it harder for us to violate our own rules that we set for ourselves. Why are you being so mean to me, Josh? Why can't I read in between gym visits? <laughs> Got to get a stationary bike at home, Wendy. Uh, <laughs> That's like what you said, you know, when you were younger, you're like, oh, I'm just going to do leg kicks or sit ups while I'm watching TV. That lasts about a day. That's right. Yes. I'm amazed at the creative ways people try to still justify that they're exercising. Yes. So I what think, else do we have? You know, in self-control too, Wendy, I think one of the things in saving or trying to save money that we see is by automating things, it makes it a lot easier for us. So when we think of savings goals or things like that, if it's automatically deducted out of the bank account right after you get paid or at the beginning of the month, like an auto pay bill is, well, you tend to save more than if you say, hey, at the end of the month, I'm going to save what's left. We all are guilty of looking at our bank accounts. Well, I got money. Let's go out to eat once more or whatever it might be, having an impulse purchase or something like that. So set yourself up for success by automating things, by making it automatic. And in what way do you mean? Yeah. So for savings, if I have a 12-month savings goal, take that number, divide it by 12. And make sure it comes out of my account either on the same day that a check, like your paycheck is deposited into the account. So it goes from your bank account directly over to a savings account that same day. So it's automated. It's automatically coming out. I don't have to physically go in and hit transfer each and every month because, well, I might forget one month or like I said, at the end of the month, if I'm looking to do that, there might not be the appropriate amount of money there. And it's kind of like, you know, I don't even know if they do this anymore. The bank used to have Christmas programs and vacation funds and stuff like that, where they would separate a certain amount each week or paycheck to fund those things. That's right. And so that is exactly playing on our human characteristics that this money is set aside, whether it's for Christmas or whatever the purpose is. The money has to go in and it's forced into a separate account. 
that money is now Christmas money. So you don't want to touch that to go out to eat once more. I hope not. But if it's in your regular bank account, who cares? That might be a hamburger on the way home. <laughs> Love those um, I think in savings too, one of the other things that we see that's very helpful for clients is to make it a separate account. So if you regularly bank at one banking institution, let's call it ABC Bank, to have a savings account at a separate bank so it's harder to access the funds makes your savings account stronger. By making it difficult to access that savings account, you have to go to a different bank or log on to a different website, whatever it might be, it's a little bit harder to access. So you think twice before you actually take that action. And does that does that still play into the automation part or is that something you have to then do manually yourself? Yeah, you could set that up as the automation. You can still have transfers to outside accounts. Okay. Because that is a good idea because that's my problem is I'll open up my bank app and it shows me all of my accounts. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh. I know which I just have to transfer a little money from here to there. And, you know, it's a creative you know, whatever so that I can still and, spend. And that's it, Wendy. You could also try just simply labeling a savings account by what the goal is. So if you're looking to maybe purchase a new car or whatever, you can retitle that account. Most banks will allow it. You could put new car account. Well, then every time you hit transfer from that, you're thinking, oh man, I'm taken away from my new car or something that's exciting to you. So sometimes by assigning that money too, we're able to create barriers for ourselves. All right. So what else, Josh? What do we need to do? Yeah, we need to make things fun. So getting back to that fun, we talked about temptation bundling. I also wanted to talk about gamification. So making things a game. Sometimes mundane activities are very hard to stay committed to because they're mundane, right? So for me, sitting on a bike trainer in my basement in the winter is really boring. I cannot run on a treadmill. Luckily for running, it's easy enough for me to gear up and go run outside. Even if it's freezing cold, that doesn't bother me too much. But bike riding, there's some pretty big hazards involved there. Yeah, not a good idea. In the dark seasons, too, it's also just dangerous. Oncoming cars, not to mention snow, ice, et cetera, et cetera. So biking becomes a little bit. I use a bike training program that has created it to be like a video game. It's called Zwift, but there's a few other versions of this. And you can ride with people throughout the world on the game. And in the game, you get experience points, you get rewards, you can change your outfits and things like that based on your consistency of riding. So it's constantly rewarding you and it's made it into a video game. So it's more entertaining than Josh sitting on a stationary bike in his basement. I'm playing a game. So it helps me drive towards that goal. Is it competitive? It's very competitive. Okay, um, that's what would hook me in. <laughs> so you can do races in there. So I found myself like trying to race people that are way more physically suited than I am to race, which makes it fun though. It's pushing me harder in my training. So this is going to give us all the results that we desire and we're going to live happily ever after. That's exactly it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you know, I think in any goals, as we, we work through our framework and achieve our goals, it's also just important to celebrate them. We're responsible for our own failures and our own successes, but that doesn't mean that we can't share our, get, our difficulties along the way and our successes at the end. And that's um, so important, Josh. I really do want to highlight that because 
as a woman, that's something that I very rarely do is to celebrate the wins. It's kind of like, okay, well, I achieved that goal. Well, I was supposed to achieve that goal. So there's no room for celebration, but there is. And I think in looking forward and setting goals of where we want to be, we can also reflect back in the past and see how far we've come. I'll tell you what, I like myself a lot more than I liked myself in high school, right? Or many, many years ago, we grow, we develop better habits. Hopefully we're constantly becoming better people. And I think that's something to celebrate as well. So if we have a setback in one of our goals for the year or I'm knocking on wood and everything I can here, if I sustained an injury while training for the Ironman, that's something that that hopefully doesn't happen. But if it does, that's a pretty big setback. My ability to achieve the goal might not be there anymore, but I could still celebrate my success of my consistency in training and getting as far as I would. Always celebrate your successes. Even if you get set back, get prepared for that next fresh start. Whether it's the next year or we can say it's you know June 12th or whatever day, we can pick arbitrary times just as the first of the year is to set new goals and move forward. I wish you a lot of luck on the uh, Ironman 70.3. I have been to a full Ironman in person. It is no joke. I will be checking in and being your accountability partner. I like it. You're getting your workouts in. I like it. That sounds good, Wendy. And I wish you the most success on your goals this year as well. And for all of you listening, I hope that you are doing a good job of not just saying, I want to lose weight this year, but rather developing, whether it's using the SMART goal framework or some framework to actually make that goal achievable. Josh, how can people get in touch with you if they would like to do so? Yes, absolutely. They can call our office at 412-998-PLAN. They can learn more about us on our website, leonardadvisorygroup.com. Or feel free to email me directly at j at leonardadvisorygroup.com. And thank you for joining us on Hello Retirement. Please follow and share with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to the Hello Retirement Podcast, the show that helps you transition into a happy, fun, and intentional retirement. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.leonardadvisorygroup.com or give us a call at 412-998-PLAN. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Leonard Advisory Group, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service professionals with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.